0: is this about ARPA? I was like, it is, yeah. It's like, we want to make sure you understand. Like, we're taking every chance we get to talk about compliance because I, I think it does get overlooked.
1: This is the AWC City Voice podcast, where we explore the issues that impact Washington's cities. It's been just over a year since cities began receiving federal funds under the American Rescue Plan Act, or ARPA. During our annual conference in Vancouver this year, we held an educational series called One Year Later, how cities are using ARPA funds presented by Tiffany Speer from the City of Lakewood, Troy Niemeyer from the City of Tomwater, and Troy Rector from the accounting firm Clark Newber. During this session, they addressed complying with federal rules, how their cities are using ARPA funds, and talked through some of the lingering challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic. After this session, AWC's Jacob Ewing sat down with them to gather their thoughts and insights on ARPA and cities. Take a listen.
0: So, uh, Jake Ewing here. I'm a policy analyst. I'm very excited to have the opportunity to sit down with three different individuals who presented during our annual conference. I'm here first with Tiffany. Tiffany, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself?
2: Sure. Tiffany Spear, the Long Range and Strategic Planning Manager for the City of Lakewood. And I am also, because of strategic planning in my title, the ARPA Program Manager.
0: Very nice. Nice. And so, for the City of Lakewood, how much did you get in ARPA funding?
2: About $13.6 million.
0: That's pretty good. That's great yeah. to hear. And so, when looking at that 13.6 million how are you looking at spending those funds what sort of projects do you have in the pipeline there in Lakewood?
2: uh what happened within the first six months was our city council spent about half of the dollars in an emergency way meaning they wanted to look at the highest need short-term need uh, with the city's residents and businesses so about six and a half million has been spent and we're in the middle right now of the council deciding Mm -hmm. how to spend the rest
0: that's great to hear nice and so When you're looking at these projects and what you're looking for, what have been some of your early successes or things that have gone well for the city of Lakewood?
2: We were able to help with um, funding to Tacoma Pro Bono, which is an organization that helps with eviction prevention. Mm -hmm. And so providing that legal services uh, source of uh, help for our residents on a weekly basis at City Hall has been very successful. And then we also partnered with the city of Tacoma and Pierce County to purchase a hotel Mm -hmm. for uh, permanent supportive housing starting in 2024. But for the first two years, it's emergency shelter. So people from all three jurisdictions can go there if they need to.
0: That's great. And so have you already had people move into that shelter? Is that under operation already?
2: Yes. It opened actually a couple months after the purchase of the hotel because it was pretty much ready to go. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to have people between October purchase date by December. There were people living in the hotel. That's huge.
0: December 2021. That's awesome to hear. That's great. So um, with all great successes, there's also challenges. What are... uh, Have there been any impacts to Lakewood, any challenges that you've seen with ARPA funding or just COVID in general?
2: There's been a little bit of a shuffle within the internal process of the city in order to allow for uh, the administration of these funds. There was a lot of work to develop relationships and communication between departments that normally don't work together very much. Mm -hmm. So public works and finance and community development, also working with human services, for instance to make sure we were talking to the right organizations was, was relatively new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also had uh, some figuring out of how to best coordinate with other governments. So that that took a little bit of growing.
0: <laughs> well, especially with a large city like Tacoma and Pierce County, that must have been uh, a challenge there to yeah. get that project up and going. Well, congrats on, on doing that. Now, Tiffany, last question for you here. Um, what have you learned over the last few years? What have, what's been your takeaways when it comes to COVID and your work uh, working for a city?
2: I think what COVID has actually done that might be a long-lasting benefit is to show that we are all in this together. Mm -hmm. And uh, whereas before there was sort of a them and us mentality for some people about needing some kind of help, whether it be mental health, whether it be economic assistance for housing. But this forced us all to realize that we're all very close to that edge, Mm -hmm. more so than we thought perhaps, and how we can all be working together uh, to help rise the boat for everybody.
0: That's great. Thank you. Well, thank you for taking a minute to sit down with us and thank you for your work on ARPA. Safe travels, and I look forward to working with you more in the next few years. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tiffany. Now I have the great chance to sit down with Troy Niemeyer, the Finance Director from Tumwater. Troy, do you mind just taking a second, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, Tumwater and how much you got in ARPA funding?
3: Sure. I'm Troy Niemeyer. I'm the Finance Director for the City of Tumwater. I joined the city in May of 2021. Uh, Previous to that, I was... uh, with the state auditor's office for 15 years. So the city of Tumwater received $2.5 million in ARPA funding. Mm-hmm. And uh, a big part of our plan for spending that is houselessness and homelessness assistance.
0: That's great to hear. And I think if I remember right, you mentioned that you're actually, you've been able to purchase a property from Lot. Is that right? That you're going to be using for? Yes, yeah. yes.
3: Our uh, lot is our wastewater treatment facility for our region. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they own, property with a house on it so they've subdivided that property we were able to purchase that well below market value using mm-hmm. ARPA funds yep. and then we're going to donate that to a nonprofit called homes first nice. uh, to be used for affordable housing
0: that's very exciting now that's great to hear yeah. now um, Obviously, with Tumwater, I'm going to start with challenges first, actually. So uh, with ARPA funding, there were initial numbers that were given out in March and Tumwater, I think, had around five million dollars. And then actual numbers came out. You removed from being a non entitlement city into an entitlement city, which cut your funding by about half. Yeah. What did that do? I mean, you're a finance director. You probably had to take that bad news to your mayor. How did that impact you? How did that impact the city and your plans? Um, it
3: it kind of took the wind out of our sails a little bit initially. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you're expecting five million dollars. We've got all these great plans to help the community and the region, and now you have to decide what to not include in the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it was it was tough. Uh, but we, you know, what are we going to do? Yeah. We, yeah. we we did our <laughs> best. Uh, the funds yeah. aren't there, so. Uh, we just had to adjust and so one of the ways um, we've adjusted is we're working with our
0: neighboring cities and the county uh, on regional type projects so that we kind of get more bang for our buck. that's great yeah no these regional partnerships are very important so that's great to hear Um, now successes though so obviously the lot was a huge success especially in today's housing market you know it might be cooling a little bit but it's been hot what other successes have you seen when it comes to uh, arpa funding
3: uh, yeah, that, the, the lot house was certainly a great one. Um, other successes, um, I'd say probably we haven't spent a lot of the money yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of those successes are still to come. But we're working on um, you know some regional housing um, solutions mm-hmm. that, that I think will be a great success. And also on a regional economic development plan oh, uh, with the, the Thurston County, and EDC, yeah. and um, again, our neighboring cities in the county. So uh, I think a lot more.
0: Uh, successes to come in the near future. That's awesome to hear. So last question for you, biggest takeaways from the COVID pandemic. You know, obviously you're at the state auditor's office back in March 2020, and now you're in city life. What have you learned? What have been your biggest takeaways there?
3: The biggest takeaway for me, I think, uh, is I think remote work has moved ahead 10, 20 years Mm -hmm. uh, through the pandemic because we've shown it can be done. Um, The state had already been working on kind of a more modern work environment uh, with Uh, you know, telecommuting and things like that. Uh, The city of Tumwater had not. There was, Mm -hmm. in the finance department, there was no remote work prior to the pandemic. And um, now, even as we adjust to coming back to work in person, um, it's going to be part of our
0: regular practice to have people working remotely. That's great to hear. Yeah, big step forward there. So, Troy, thank you for taking the time to sit down with us. Great work on ARPA. And welcome to the city family after leaving the state family for 50 years. Glad to have you here. here. (laughs) Thanks, Troy. Thank you. (laughs) The last person we're going to speak today is with Troy Rector from Clark Newber up in Seattle. So, Troy, thank you for being here today. Yeah, great to be here. Do you just want to do a quick introduction about yourself and sure. about Clark Newber? Sure. For
4: sure. So, so, Troy Rector, I'm a, a shareholder at Clark Newber. Uh, Clark Newber is a top 100 firm um, located in Bellevue. Um, over half of what we do are working with public sector and nonprofit organizations, uh, mm. particularly around federal grant compliance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we perform single audits too. So, we kind of work on, on both sides. And, you know, certainly there been a a flurry of activity in this area over the last couple of years Mm -hmm. with the COVID-19 federal assistance.
0: Yeah. Well, and so speaking about that assistance, and I know we say ARPA a lot, but Mm -hmm. the state and local fiscal recovery fund, Yes. you know, from your standpoint, coming from the audit side, coming from the accounting side. What sort of tips or top three things would you say to cities when it comes to federal funds? What, what, what would you suggest there, top three things?
4: Yeah, yeah, the top three things. Um, first, probably, um, you know, especially with the final rule and the and the use of the standard allowance, I think, you know, we're seeing many NEUs um, using that standard allowance mm-hmm. and using it for provision for government services. So the eligible use is very broad, yeah, um, but just not. wanting those cities to understand it's still subject to the uniform guidance. So there are still strings attached when it comes to allowable cost, tracking the cost. Um, The two other items (laughs) are the top three. uh, one is procurement mm-hmm. um, and just recognizing that there are parts of the uniform guidance where if you're procuring goods and services um, mm-hmm. using the ARPA funds, um, that there are provisions of the uniform guidance that are a little more strict in the RCWs than mm-hmm. the laws that you're currently following. So really uh, understanding where those differences are and putting um, uh, practices in place just to make sure that when you're procuring goods and services that you're um, doing what you need to do when you're procuring those. The third compliance area, last but not least, uh, is subrecipient monitoring. Yes. Um, So we're seeing um, a large number of local governments in some cases, receiving federal assistance for the first time, but in a lot of cases, passing those funds through to local nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they're passing those funds through, um, they can be beneficiaries, so mm-hmm. if they're receiving economic assistance, they um, do meet those qualifications, they might be a contractor, meaning mm-hmm. they're just acting like a vendor, so you just need to make sure that they're performing. Um, but the third is they may be considered a subrecipient. Mm-hmm. And just recognizing that if you're sitting in your passing funds through to a subrecipient, you have a responsibility to monitor their compliance. You have a responsibility to ensure that they're meeting the same federal grant regulations on the uh, spending those funds is what you're being held to. Okay. Um, so, so I find that um, many cities are having to do that for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, the requirements for in the uniform right. guidance around subrecipient monitoring are not intuitive. Um, so just making sure that you understand what your responsibilities are, mm-hmm. you know, putting those policies and templates um, Um, up front so you can document um, your your actions. Document, document, document. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Well, and Troy, you brought up a good point there with the standard allowance with the uniform guidance. So just as a reminder for our listeners, under the final rule, Treasury is allowing cities to claim up to $10 million. So up to their total award amount, up to $10 million as a standard allowance for revenue replacement. So not having to use the formula that was there in the interim final rule. So a big change and a positive change, but as Troy mentioned, there's still, uh, still compliance that goes there. So thank you. Yeah. So top three tips, uniform guidance. Uh, we want to talk about procurement and then also sub-recipient lottery. Yes. Those are three yep. great things. So we'll try to close things out. Um, you're in the private sector. You know, we mm-hmm. obviously have cities uh, that were impacted by COVID. And, you know, now going back into the workplace, there's changes and uh, different ways that people are communicating remote mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. On the private sector side of things, how were you impacted by by COVID nineteen? Have there been any positive changes or challenges that came out of the pandemic for you?
4: Yeah, um, you know, both for our firm as well as the uh, the organizations that we work with, with the remote work, uh, the hybrid, you know, work, it's it's allowed um, us to us and our clients to expand the geography of. of of staff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a resource constraint to follow, um, of, of being able to obtain qualified people. And, and I think because there's that remote work option, um, we're finding that um, organizations are hiring kind of out of their, um, you know, out of the areas. So I think that's been a benefit. Um, but just looking at, <clears throat> seeing at how communities can work together uh, you know, and how local governments can find um, you know opportunities to partner with nonprofits um, mm-hmm. to really get the the services and the money out to the the folks in the community that that need it. Um, so we're just seeing a lot of partnerships and collaborations, uh, which which is great. Yeah,
0: no, that is huge to see those partnerships form. So. Yeah, Troy. Thank you again so much. Also, want to put a plug in uh, and a thank you to Clark Newber. Uh, over the last few months, they've been doing a small city technical assistance program for ARPA. So, AWC and Clark Newber partnered and um, have provided a scholarship for smaller cities to access some of Clark Newber's services when it comes to ARPA and um, and things around there with compliance and auditing and everything. So, really appreciate everything that Clark Newber has done for AWC and our members. And appreciate you taking the time to sit down and speak with us yeah, today.
4: Glad to
1: help. And that's it for the City Voice podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of AWC, where our mission is to serve our members through advocacy, education, and services. For more information on ARPA or to find other educational offerings for city leaders, visit wascities.org.